What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks. For each episode, I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sharon Schuler, and as always, I'm so glad that you decided to join us and tap in again this week to another podcast conversation here on Behind the Grind. Now, we say it every week, our goal is to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And this week, we're excited to bring another uh, fascinating conversation. I'm excited uh, that I get a chance to share this conversation that I've had. Um, this week, you know, um, not only am I excited to share this conversation, I say, but it's the perfect time of the year. You know, it's March Madness. I'm excited about this time of the year. As if you've been rocking with us for some time, you know I get excited about basketball and I slip it in our conversations whenever I can. And so, you know, they took March Madness away from us last year with everything that was going on. But this year uh, we do have March Madness and we're back at it. The tournament is on and it's popping and everything. But um, for I don't know about for you, but my bracket is all busted up. So uh, I'm sure yours is as well. But that's neither here nor there. But the individual that I have in the grind seat today knows a little something about the game, right? Really knows uh, their way around on the court. This individual was a floor general point guard. Um, from my understanding, was really good and 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 really raised to some high levels uh, in this game. Uh, this individual played collegiate ball. Currently, is in the coaching uh, space, and not only is this individual in the coaching space, but they're really amplifying their voice uh, with their message and uh, what they're led to do in the co coaching space, and they're actually creating a movement. And we're going to talk about that day today here on the program about the movement that they've created amongst their colleagues, uh, to their peers, to their other coaches. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal movement that is taking place. And was I was so impressed about the movement that I wanted to get this individual on this platform and just really chop it up. Because like I said, uh, if you've rocked with us for a while, you know some of the things that we talk about. We talk about leadership a lot. We talk about the grind in leadership. We talk about the line, the grind in personal growth. Uh, we talk about the, the grind in coaching and faith, all of that. And, and from time to time, we related a lot to sports. And so I thought that this individual would be a great, great uh, guest to interview and to bring you guys, those of you who are listening, um, to bring this conversation, right? To see how the grind works. Because So my guest today, I'm excited. They have a fascinating uh, story, fascinating testimony that we'll get to. And as I mentioned, the movement that they have taken place. What I will throw out is a quick plug right here. Um, if you like this conversation, I'm going to recommend you go and uh, download, or I shouldn't say download, but uh, subscribe. I, that's the word, right? 
subscribe to the podcast uh, for my guests. The podcast that they are the podcast host for is the Servant Leader, the Coach's Bible Study. And this particular podcast, I must admit, is fire. So without further ado, you know, I've been rambling for a while. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest, no other than Chelsea Johnson Muir here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so excited. Um, actually, been looking forward to this conversation uh, ever since I got a ch- uh, got the confirmation uh, that my guest would be talking with me today. Uh, so let me just give you just a quick, quick overview of who we have in the grind seat today. Um, of course, I had to go back to Florida and, and, and talk to someone uh, down in the southern parts of the states uh, just to give us a better groove on what's going on with the grind, right? So the individual that I have in the seat today is a passionate servant uh, leader. Uh, her personality is being used to empower young people uh, to lead as she leads them in, in the things that she does. Uh, she has several things that she's initiatives that she has in place for her the youth that she's working with. She's a coach. She's a mentor. Uh, she's a, a Bible study leader. She's a podcast host. Um, so I'm throwing out all of these great titles, and we're going to dig into a lot of that today in our conversation. But without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest, Chelsea Johnson Muir. Welcome to the Behind the Grind podcast. Sharai, you are outdoing yourself right now, man. I appreciate that intro. Uh, I've been excited, too, just to get on and chat with you and excited about what you're doing and just blessed to have this conversation, man. I appreciate it. Man, I'm excited. You, you know, I, you know, we stumbled upon you here, uh, but there's two things that, that really sticks out to me and the reason why I wanted to put you in the grind seat, and I think it would help out uh, our audience uh, to just to, to conversate about it, but I enjoy basketball, I enjoy sports, right? And I love business and leadership. And of course, let me add a third, I mean, I guess the third thing is I'm all about uh, the spiritual walk, right? And so you you embody all of that. And so I wanted to bring you on the, the podcast to really give it a different flavor and, and just to really give you your perspective of how the grind is uh, in the things that you're doing. So um, with that being said, I know I, in the beginning and, and, and kind of shouted you out in the different things that you're doing. But um, can you tell my listeners a little bit more about what you, you, you're doing and what you've done so far? For sure. So one, I count it all a blessing. I'm super humbled that God would even use me as his vessel. I always tell people I'm running errands for the Lord. And so everything that I do, I just consider him, I'm his errand runner. What do you have for me next? Right. And so, right. you know, much like you said, I'm an educator down here in Tallahassee, Florida, um, I'm at Amos P. Godby High School. And so I'm excited about that because that's actually my alma mater. Okay. And player there. Now I'm a teacher and coach there. And wow. just amazing enough trying to get these students to understand that there's more than just what they see. And what they see is what they'll be much like 100 Black men their organization utilizes. And so what better way to do that than to come and teach and coach where when children, the first thing they say is what? You don't know. You haven't been there. Well, yes, I have. Because you see me on the wall. You see me in the yearbook, right? And so just kind of what I do there. And 
coaching girls basketball, varsity basketball, trying to get these young ladies to understand there's more. The ball is the tool. The ball is the navigational tool that's going to get them to be on the other side and get them ready and prepared for life. And, you know, one of the the best things that I love is we created an organization called Cougar Kings. And the pandemic has kind of made it hard. But one of the things, you know, educators and coaches out there that are listening, they'll tell you one of the hardest things to do is to lose a student or to lose a player. And so, you know, you can always talk about that when we see things out on the news and these kids and when are they going to get it right? Well, when are we going to help them get it right? Right. And so everything that I do in terms of education and coaching is just really trying to put my hands on these babies. Right. We always talk about we want them to be better. But what are we doing? Right. Are we getting in the trenches? And so honestly, in that realm, I'm just in the trenches trying to make better citizens. So when we sit back and put our feet up, we can feel that this world, you know, is in better hands. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but can you just. No, you're good. Go ahead. Just a little bit about that. I did notice that you have that program. And, and, and so you mentioned that you're a girls basketball coach, but it sounds like this program is, is, is also for young men or is it for men? How, what is this program about? It is for young men. So we, we utilize what we've done. And, and I hate when individuals say they're at risk, at risk. Okay. I know that that's a term that's being used and it's amazing. There's actually an organization in Atlanta that my sister uh, works with, with the Urban League, but they use the term at promise. Oh. And I love that. Okay. Right. Because. I believe, and I tell people all the time, much like the word tells us, it's not about what you are or what you're called. It's what you answer to. Yeah. And so we call them kings, right? There's a king in them. There's a song out there. Donald Lawrence always says that there's a king in you. Yeah. And so we tell them all the time that they're bad and we stereotype them about what they look like. But we call them kings. Yeah. And we teach them that if they're kings, these are the attributes of kings. Kings do this. Kings walk like this, talk like this. What ends up happening is they get so used to hearing that, that all those negative terms that you hear them call their friends and things that they say, it, it they ch- they start to change the things too. They walk a little more, you know, tall. Yeah. When I say, hey, good morning, king, you just kind of see their posture change, you know? Yeah. And so we take the young men who, you know, really are just kind of, struggling academically and maybe the you know our dean helps out so much with this but the students that we see those names pop up you know on a computer yeah. in the reversal zone a little bit more than others but we want to give them an opportunity because there's a reason behind it you know we always just see oh this kid is just bad no it's a story behind it so we get to the deep we find that story you know we expose them to different men in the community showing them that these lawyers these doctors oh. these football coaches what they're doing and so you can see beyond and not just people on tv these are people in tallahassee florida these are people who i've met on my podcast coaches that are saying hey it's better and i'm gonna tell you how to get there and so instead of just again talking about what they're not doing let's give them something else to do you know that's that's truly dope i i I like it because obviously you're you're connecting these uh, uh young youth them another uh, viewpoint and you know the, the stereotype is oh they don't have anyone in their community but you're tying the pieces together you're tying the individuals yeah. that they that they can see and that they can mirror and, and grow up to be i think that's awesome you know i was fascinated by it. i was like oh this is for young men she's doing her thing Thank out you, here yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the blessing of it is this connection and yeah. i really do believe that that's why god gave me sports is because it's been a mm-hmm. great unifier 
yes. in every aspect of my life. And so yes. when you're a teacher and you're a coach and you see her, she's young and yes. she's cool and I like her, but wait a minute, hold on. She can, she can hoop. <laughs> and so it's a connection really quickly there because it's like, wait a minute, hold on. You hoop too? How is this possible? You know, right. and even that small piece there will allow me to pull you and say, why are you doing that? Yeah. Come on, man. You're it better is, than that. It opens up the conversation. Every there it time. is. Yeah. Well, let's, oh, talk yeah. About, let's talk about it. I don't want to take you too far off, but you know, like I said, I'm excited about basketball and sports. And so we got to dig into uh, your career. And it sounds like you must've been a big deal, right? I, I, I'm, you know, looking at the, <laughs> I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the, uh, you know, the accolades and the things that you have accomplished. Uh, definitely sounds like you've, you've done your thing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your basketball career? Surely. So I started playing ball because my brother was the only boy, honestly. And I always love to tell it this way because everything happens for a reason. And I just started just wanting to be around him. So I started out being outside, just rebounding for him. And one day he was like, won't you shoot? And what he learned was like, wait, where'd you get that form from? And so when you start to realize somebody has something that's innately there, it was like, let me add to this. And so for years when he would play, I would be outside with him. And then as I started growing, you know, my family was like, she actually has something. So, you know, uh, like just like family, they pour into you. And my mom put me into anytime I wanted to play. She put me into all those things. And it led me to Gabby High School. When I got there, I didn't know anything about JV varsity. Like no one else went in women in my family played ball. Oh, wow. Okay. So as a ninth grader, I made varsity. And so oh, I don't okay. I don't think I even really understood the magnitude at that point, to be yeah. honest with you. And so, you know, played all four years on varsity. We were successful. I mean, playing around some amazing women. I'm talking about young ladies that went, signed D1, just had that amazing thing. And so actually I had offers out there, was blessed to have, you know, quite a few opportunities, but I tore my ACL. Oh, I wow. tore my ACL. And so, of course... Before, now when someone does that, you know, that's not uncommon. But back in 2004, that was like taboo. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's over. Yeah. And so while I thought that it was over, that was my first introduction to truly knowing God for myself and what he could do. Okay. You know, and so on face value, I saw scholarship offers being taken away from me and people saying, well, you could come be a walk on, mm-hmm. you know, because academically I was always there. Right. So it was like, come be a walk on X, Y, Z. Well, Livingstone College was like, we feel you still got what it takes. Okay. And they gave me an opportunity and a scholarship to come play women's basketball at Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina wow. in the CIAA conference. Yeah. And so I was blessed to be able to go there. I came in under Andrew Mitchell, had a couple of different coaches while I was there, but while some people found that inconsistent, it was a blessing for me, right? Because mm. I learned so many coaching styles, but I was mentored by some great people. Mm. And so there, I was a point guard. Okay. Um, I tell people all the time, point guards, and you probably know this to be true, personality, right? Yeah. We're the givers, right? We're yeah. the leaders, and yeah. I love that. And so just my thing was, I want to make you look good. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> assist leaders. I really had never taken a look at kind of where we stand up. But, you know, in my career, definitely as we tally, um, had over 500 assists and was thankful for that. I uh, played four years. And, you know, you spoke about my testimony in my junior year in college. We were actually at a game and I collapsed. Oh, wow. And at that time, you know, we didn't know what was going on. And it led okay. to actually a pretty good road of just, you know how that goes. We don't know what's wrong, so let's send it for this test. Let's send it for this mm-hmm. test. 
And the irony of it is I'm an athlete. So, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. athletes, we're strong, we fit, yeah. we're working out every day, yeah. we're monitoring what we eat. So they just chalked it up to migraines and I was having them literally every day. And that had never happened. Wow. And so before long, there was a doctor that was just like, this is just not okay. Mm. And, you know, they put me in the hospital and pretty much was like, we're going to do all these tests here. And honestly, we're not leaving until we figure out what is going on with this girl. And so I'll never forget. um, I was sitting there uh, one of those mornings watching and the doctor came in watching TV. She sat down. So, you know, doctors don't really sit down. So I was like, something's off, Mm. like something's wrong. And, you know, she said, Chelsea, you know, we have been doing a bunch of scans. We're doing all these things. And we finally figured out what's going on. So I sat up and I'm like, okay, what's okay. going on? Right, right. She said, we, we found a brain aneurysm. Um, and I'm like, whoa, because nine times out of ten, any time that I had heard of someone right. with a brain aneurysm, they were already in the ground right. before anybody knew what was going on. Right. And so, of course, I was alarmed. I was alone. Right, I'm in North Carolina, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. wait, hold yeah. on, right, what's going on? And so, you know, mm-hmm. my family came up there with the quickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, they didn't get a ticket because I know they were speeding. But we had that conversation, and um, the conversation was to watch and wait mm-hmm. because where it was and the size that it was, there were more negative side effects if they were to go ahead and pull it out. Mm-hmm. So long story short, you know, that was a little bit challenge for me, but again, another opportunity yeah. for me to learn God for wow, myself. Wow. And so I just told him in the, in that bed, I said, God, I don't know what you have for me and why this is what it is, but I've been told you're healed. Yeah. And you did it once with my ACL and gave me an opportunity. This is a high magnitude, but I've been told you're a healer. And if you heal me, I promise I'll be your mouthpiece. That was my prayer. I will be your mouthpiece for the rest as long as I live. And so years and years went by and I moved, graduated and I moved back to Florida. And there was a doctor and he was like, you know, I'm just not feeling a young woman walking around with a time bomb in her head. I just, there's, I just don't, that doesn't sit right with me. Okay. And so we explored some, you know, opportunities and some navigations about methods that I could go through to remove it. Okay. And I felt really good about it. My family and I talked about it and prayed about it. So we were preparing for surgery, man, mm-hmm. some years down the road. And I go in for pre-op and I'm, again, feeling really good and solid about this thing. And here's this surgeon, right? Mm-hmm. All these accolades, all these degrees. And he's scratching his head as he's looking at my pre-op mm-hmm. scans. So we're sitting there and I'm like, okay. So he's like, give me just a minute. He leaves. He gets another doctor. And they're looking and that doctor has the same face that he did. So he's like, Ms. Johnson, could you just give us a second? I was like, nope, because you all are scaring me. Could you please tell me what is going on? In my mind, honestly, Sherrod, I thought the brain aneurysm had ruptured. Okay, right. They looked at me and they said, well, Ms. Johnson, I, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know what's going on. We want to do some more tests, but I'm looking at all of your scans prior to you coming to us. And I'm looking at your pre-op scans and I don't see anything. Wow. And I, when I tell you, you you know, and if you know me, I about tore up that uh, that doctor's wow. office. And I told him, I understand medicine, and if yeah. you need to do what you need to do, that's fine. But I know what I pray for. Oh, I know wow. what I ask God, and I know when His hands are at work. And His hands put did a work in me wow. by His stripes. I'm already healed with wow. the prayer, and He's already made that plain in me. So again, my prayer then 
And my, my request to him was, if you heal me, I'll be your mouthpiece. And so on this podcast <laughs> and on any platform that I can, I will live and tell the story, man. So it's a blessing for sure. Wow. You know, that's interesting. You know, I know obviously that was, a, am sure, a tough period in your life. But, you know, just listening to the, the, the testimony of it and just, you know, understanding, obviously, you were playing basketball, a game that you love, yeah. and all of this took place and happened. It, it reminds me similar. I, I don't know if that's the school that my uh, pastor went to, but my pastor had a similar sit- situation back in the day where uh, uh, he had a life-changing experience like that, and it, it put him on the trajectory of where he uh, he is today. And so um, he actually did a podcast with him, so we'll have to go back and listen. But the same thing, sure. yeah, the same thing was a turning point and transformed, you know, the the, the perspective. Of, of what were, you know what what how they saw things and, and it's just like God grace grace him and, and I can see the grace on you that now you, like you said you're living to be that testimony to speak about it and tell oh, about yeah. it and, and and this testimony just sent chills up my spine just knowing you know I obviously you were nervous when they were showing you uh, or going like you said going through the the, the, the report oh, for sure. but they were it was <laughs> it was a setup for for God to show the glory and the magnitude of what he could do so powerful testimony powerful testimony so let's let's fast forward now like you know now you know obviously we talked about basketball obviously basketball is in your life but you know in this moment of you know basketball is being gone out of your life per se i'm assuming i don't know if you're coaching or doing anything at this moment how 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 are you operating now what's what's your your focus at this point so at that point like i said i had graduated and it's funny my whole entire life my plan mm. and and i emphasize that okay. right my plan because okay. we all have our plans right yes. and so my plan was to be a dentist really? that was my plan that was the path that i was on oh absolutely so i was double majoring in biology and chemistry i was a uh, shadowing dentist in tallahassee my whole life and also in salisbury okay. and that was my plan but of course naturally after all that and even understanding that you know god had did a work in me you're talking about years of still multiple medications, all of these different procedures that they were trying. And so I went into recovery mode yeah. and it was a blessing for me because in that time period, um, we didn't know at the time, but my grandmother was transitioning. Oh, okay. So here it is. I had spent four years away from home and my family. And so I was able to spend that time. I did not work. I did not do anything. I was just spending that time with family. And so you know, on the other side of those things, as I always think of a song my pastor loves on the other side of through. So on the other side of through, who knew that there truly was a blessing waiting for me? And so I started working in retail, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, athletes, that's just a niche, yeah. right? You hear enterprise, all these things. So I started working in retail, was doing really well, yeah. right? And so 20, a young 20-something person making buku money, yeah. right? Was just winning. And so there was a coach of mine from years ago that was like, look, I'm coaching this program in Gadsden County. That's really where I'm from on the outskirts of Tallahassee. And she's like, I want you to just come out. And I was like, no. I said, no. I said, I told you. I've watched years of my mom and everybody teaching and coaching. That's not for me, right? That's exactly what I said. So I want y'all to hear that. My plan and that's not for me, right? Those are two lines that I will come back and, and show you how I ate those. So I went out there just to talk to them, right? Trying to empower the youth in the same place that I grew up in. And kids have a way of just sticking to you. They just do. They do. Even if you just try to form a separation. I went out there to talk to them just about my journey and that I grew up like five miles from where they're living and I went on to play and all these things. And so of course, when we finished, I watched them practice. 
I I get ready to leave, and they're like, "You come to our game tomorrow." <laughs> and I'm like, "Here we go." So I'm like, "Yes, I'll come to your game tomorrow." So I come to their game, and of course, watch them. And then of course, after the game, it's like, "Okay, you coming to practice tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Well, no, I'm not gonna come to practice tomorrow." But oh man, so I actually show up. And then the next thing I know, the coach was like, I don't know why you playing. I don't know why you just won't help me out. <laughs> so I ended up helping them out. Okay. Right? I ended up helping them out that year. You were just there helping out, right? Just helping out, right? Because this wasn't for me. And so, so you know, I finished the year there. And the next year, the coach was like, why don't you just make it official? And those kids, I'm telling you, they stick to you. And, and we had built relationships with them. And these are young ladies who were, the school was 6 through 12. So they're playing varsity with middle schoolers. Because oh, we just didn't have that many. Oh, okay. And their grit was just amazing. So over a couple of years span, you're watching these babies who now could, would travel every time they touch it. And now we're winning district championships, right? Oh, wow. And okay. so you know, we get there. And another huge pivotal point in my life that was hard, much like I say, no coach or educator ever feels that they would lose a player. There was actually an unfortunate bus crash. Oh wow! And two of my young ladies were on that bus. Oh wow! One of which did not make it, and the sister had a long road to recovery. And so, in that time, you know, still, I went back that next year to help because I couldn't leave. But that was really taxing on me. And what I said, I told y'all, this was not my plan, and this was not for me. And look, I did not plan for this. So I stepped away from coaching for a couple of years, and we know how God works, right? So I'm at work. <laughs> And the principal at the time at Godby High School walks in, needing her phone fixed. Okay? I worked at Sprint. And, you know, I'm walking around, navigating. And she looks and she says, you know, you look familiar. We're talking. And I was like, yeah, well, I went to Godby. And so, I, you know, I'll come to the game sometimes. And so she was just like, wait, so what? what are you doing now? And I said, why work here? And she was like, do you have a degree? So we got to talking and I was like, it's in biology and chemistry. She said, I need you to come work for me. And I was like, oh no, I told you education and basketball youth, that's just not my plan. She asked me to come in and talk to her and sure enough, as God would have it again, right. uh, you know, I got offered the head girls basketball coach at Godby and a teaching position. Wow. That man was eight years ago. Oh, wow. And what I've learned is that, yes, I'm still here. That's I'm good. loving it. And I learned that we know our plans, but God orders our steps. We know this to be true. And man, when I tell you, you know, everybody has a hard moment in their day, but I love what I do yeah. every single day. And was actually blessed to be, you know, named the District Distinguished Educator of the Year this year. Oh. Uh, just for my works in inside and outside in the community that um, that I dwell in. So, man, it's a blessing. And I laugh every day. God was like, I'm going to let you think. You know what you're supposed to do. But uh, I'm glad he did this work in me. And I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Man, again, it, 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 you can tell, you know, as we're talking and discussing, we can tell that you're living on purpose. You're living, a, living out what God wants you to do. Uh, it sounds like you're excited about it and, and enjoy doing oh, it. Yeah. And I can only imagine those, the, the youth that you're impacting, um, they're, they're being, their lives are being changed. They're being, uh, you know, shown the right direction and so forth. So kudos to you, you know, for what the work that you're Thank doing, you, man. man. It's, it's big stuff. Now, I, I want to uh, shift a little bit now. Your, your podcast and then a lot of things that you talk about is called Servant Leader. And so certain yes. leadership or so, I, I want to get into this and dig into this concept. You know, I, I was introduced to it a long, 
long time ago, back in probably grad school. But you know, it's one of those concepts that you hear about. But what is? Can you really dig into that and let us know what servant leadership is all about? For sure. And so you said it best, right? Those are two terms that people have actually studied. Yeah. They've done their thesis on it, right? Gone to school for it. <laughs> and that's good. That's fine and good. But see, I was raised on ser- servant leadership by action, right? Okay. I was raised on servant leadership on, you know, the weekends in Gadsden County outside of Tallahassee yeah. in the country where my grandfather, and my grandmother had their own garden. And so they're picking greens and they're picking squash and all those things and they're washing it and then they're telling us to bag it and then they're telling my, my grandfather tells my brother, come on, because we got to drop these things okay. off. So I'm to the point where I'm thinking they have a community garden. They don't. It's their personal garden, but they're given to help the community that surrounds them. Yeah. You know, I grew up, we stayed the weekends. We all said, Mom, we want to stay. Grandma gets up real early and be on the phone. Well, what you start to understand is she would call and check on everyone. If someone passed, if someone was sick, had surgery, hey, I just wanted to call and check on you, see if you needed anything. And before she get off the phone, she would always say, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. Yeah. All the time. Wow. My mom being an educator, I would always be like, mom, who is this kid? <laughs> who is this you bringing home now, right? And so that's the foundation of servant leadership that I grew up on, right? And so what I've learned, especially in the education and the athletic realm when dealing with mentoring young people, but in every facet of our lives, we start to begin to think that things are about us. We see it all the time. And I don't honestly, honestly, I do not believe it's intentional. Right. We're so busy chasing position Mm -hmm. that we forget who positioned us there. Come on, come on. We're so busy chasing to be successful that we forget that success is not in tangible, you know, trophies and awards and titles. It's in knowing that, like you just said a few minutes ago, it's living on purpose and living out our purpose. It's not chasing what's here. It's chasing servant. What does he say? Servant done. And so what I learned is majority of people talk about what's not happening But much like I mentioned with my young people, you can say we don't have true servant leaders. Well, what I learned is a lot of people truly don't understand what that means. Mm. And so I went back and started an amazing time when the pandemic hit off last year. About the same time last year where the world stopped, where coaches, educators and everybody was like, wait a minute. What's going on here, right? (laughs) Exactly. Because one thing about it, I don't care your race, your gender, your belief system, it happened to everyone. Every one of us. (laughs) And so one of the things that I always do is I definitely try to keep my tools sharp and I do devotions every morning. Mm -hmm. And so in this time, you know, God truly spoke to me and I always do things in the facets of where I live and work to better myself. But coaching wasn't one of the Bible plans that I would do. You know, we have SCA and they have one, but I had never really opened the Bible app to do one with coaching. And this particular plan that I started was coaching the servant leadership. Um, and it was seven days. And so I used to always say, I always say something told me, right? My mom and my aunt, God rest her soul. Actually, her day's the, today's my aunt's birthday. So rest in peace. Um, but she would always say, don't say something said. She said, that's God speaking to you. That's right. And so it said to me, Chelsea, you have all these coaches that you follow on social media. They follow you and that you talk to. Ask them if they want to join this plan with you. 
you would not believe within a day, 50 coaches had signed up for that plan. Wow. Wow. And so we spent seven days. So you just, you just, just, you just put this out there and they responded. I put a tweet out there wow. and put the link. You want to join this, this app and you want to join this seven day devotion with me, click it and join. Wow. <laughs> and day by day, just exploring what servant leadership looked like in coaching and leadership. Not just coaching, but just in leadership. What we think it is and what it really is. Right. And so, you know, one of the coaches, uh, he's actually become a brother to me. His name is Ty Garth. At the time, he was at Fisk University. He was like, you know, Chelsea, I love that we can put notes at the end and see what each other says, but can we talk about this? Okay. I'm like, yeah. You know, so, you know, we were Zooming it up. <laughs> that was the way of the world. Yeah, you know, yeah, it still yeah. is. <laughs> and so... I told them, I said, hey, guys, you know, when we read this, I know we're sending notes, but let's hop on a Zoom and let's talk about it. And so one of the things that I believe is that we could just sit here and talk. But again, I believe in action. And so what I said is I would love for some of these coaches to hop on and tell me how they exhibit servant leadership in their programs. See, it's one thing to have these definitions and I could sit here and give you definitions. But the thing is, servant leadership is action. And it's being modeled and it changes, right? And so we started out with actually Willie Simmons down here in Tallahassee. He's the football coach at FAMU. Yep. And we know each other. He's actually from Gaz account like me. We're like family. And then went on and got, at the time, Jessica Kern, uh, who's over the Jessica Kern Foundation. Her husband, Charles Huff, just got the job at Marshall. Uh, So shout out to them. And then we kept going throughout that week. Had coaches at Florida State, TCC, um, go through and, and, and they talked about what they truly do to serve. Watch it now. Yes, they lead, but to serve the athletes or the employees that they're leading. That's good. What it looks like to truly lead is to serve. Awesome. And one of the threads and ties that bind that whole week to jump it off was individuals truly saying, my template for servant leadership came from Jesus Christ. The most powerful model, the most powerful being who sat right there in the midst of people who he knew was not for them, had the ability to choose and do whatever. And he washed those disciples feet. It didn't limit his power. It did not limit his leadership, Mm -hmm. but that was servant leadership. And so they began to talk about that. And after that week, Sherrod, they were like, uh-uh, we can't, we can't stop here, right? We got to keep this thing going. And I'm like, right. And so I'm like, well, okay. I was like, well, look, as long as I can get yeses, we'll keep it going. And, you know, I would just ask and I would say, God, whoever is supposed to come talk with us, who is truly exhibiting that servant leadership aspect, just send them my way. Sherrod, it's the craziest thing. I could just be sitting there not doing anything and a commercial come on. And not the things we normally see that you have to do, but commercial will come on. You see these individuals who not in the name of their college with their family, build a foundation and they're out feeding people in the midst of the pandemic, gave a thousand notebooks away, you know, these type of things. And I would ask them and they would say yes. (laughs) And it was the craziest thing to me because it was like, you really, (laughs) you had people who, even my idol, Cheryl Swoops, oh, responds is like, sure, let's do it. And wow. I'm like, what? Wow. Are you serious? And the most amazing part is because you know, you and I both know this to be true. Mm-hmm. 
just how I started saying, especially with kids, what they see is what they'll be. Individuals truly will not take onto something or grab the concept unless they see individuals that they feel makes the concept work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I could say something all day long, but now these coaches and leaders and athletes are sitting here. You watch them every day and they're sitting here saying, I know I'm an Olympian. I know I'm in the hall of fame. I know I just won a national championship, but that's not what matters most to me. What matters most to me is that God placed me here to make these people better. And this is what that looks like. This is what you should be doing. Wow. And I tell people all in the time, the tagline is normalizing athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals of faith. That we get in a place where we understand, just like I always say, it's not the position, it's who positioned us there. And he called us, right? He called us to the ministry of leading, but in the facet of athletics. And it's just been a blessing, man. And next month will make a year. So servant leadership, it takes on numerous forms. But I tell people it is truly modeling Jesus Christ in that same instance, serving and making people better when it's hard, right? When we know that they maybe didn't have our best interests at heart, but it's making people better. It is leading and instilling in them how to serve so that when we leave and we can't do that it lives on and rolls on to make this world better. It's not about us. It's about making people better in the design that Jesus Christ asked us to. Man, that's so powerful. You know, th- you know, and like I said, I, I heard about the concept. People have been talking about it for years. But you're right. The, the pandemic really showed. It really demonstrated the servant leadership, yeah. right? It really showed. It, and you were able to, God just put you in the right place at the right time to pull that all out and help magnify, you know, bring that out to light more so. Of, For sure. of how you know we see all of these coaches we see all these athletes we just see the final product we just see them on the court that's right you see them coaching we don't know what they have to go through we don't you know that's like behind that's them right. we don't know the, the things that they do to serve others and to lift them up and to build them up and you know i look over my life you know of course i didn't play collegiate ball but i can go back to my high school years and i know the impact that a coach has and like you said they get out there on mm-hmm. the court with you they're, they're they're there they're serving they're making sure and i remember even my coach would he would give us more than just the basketball. He would give us little tips. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, if someone's sick, you know, change your two, you know, little, little things like that, that just he was looking out for our best interest as opposed to just, you know, playing ball, right? It wasn't, we weren't just a number out there on the court. He was more so looking for us to be, you know, successful in more things. And so I know, you know, in the business world, they have jumped onto this coaching thing, but I think this servant leadership is the, the, the way to go, right? I, I, it's, it's, it's encompassing coaching, don't get me wrong, but just really digging yeah. dig deeper into it, like you just described, Jesus being a true servant leader, serving those that he sure. he led. So, man, I, I feel that this is this is this is something you got here. <laughs> you got something. That <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's definitely been a blessing, and and when it become it has become like a fraternity, yeah. or sorority, will uh, you know after they grace themselves in a presence and we've had it was amazing i took a i was telling somebody i took a a road mental rolodex right since last april 6th yeah and literally tweeted out each one of them just letting them know that this lives on because of them and what they brought you know and these are individuals who the most amazing portion is that when they get off of the pod that week yeah right they come back 
<laughs> See, it's not just I'm interviewing that individual, sure. right? It's open yeah. to anyone. Yeah. So we are literally sitting here having a Bible study, talking about servant leadership, talking about those scriptures that get us through, right? Mm-hmm. Also talking about, which like you said, with coaching, it's more than just the sport. Yeah. It's those life lessons that we're trying to teach those babies. And it's not easy, right? Individuals have lost their jobs yeah. within this pandemic. You know, individuals didn't even have a season. And so who can truly understand that? So we become a army, uh, a family, if you will, to be able to support one another and to see you come in to your Bible study. And then you just left. We had Joni Taylor. Uh, congratulations to her, SEC Women's uh, Basketball Coach of the Year. But also you sat there creating history with Don Staley as two of the first black women to go head-to-head in a Power 5 conference tournament. And now you're sitting here telling me, well, yeah, y'all saw that, and that's amazing. We're sitting here big-eyed, but you're telling me, y'all, that's all God. That's all God. Uh, And and, and that is no one. That's a God thing. I tell people all the time, if you see the logo, you see me in three stripes. It's my little caricature. But I don't get it confused. That's all God. Only God can take individuals who you feel that you could never reach. And they're sitting here locking arms with you, talking about their struggles, but also talking about how they got through them. Yes. Wow, this is true. This is the true marketplace. When you really look at the the things and going back to Jesus, when you really look at what Jesus did and the miracles that he performed and all of the things that he did, it wasn't in in the four walls. Now, I'm not knocking the four walls in the church or anything like that, but it was really out there amongst the people, really, uh, you know, navigating in different aspects of life. And so, you know, God has called you to the sports arena and, you know, allowing you to, you know, to, to help and assist and, and to help other people who have a voice there to help them amplify that voice right there as well. And so this is amazing. This is the true call of what God has called us to be. Cause sometimes, you know, some of my listeners may listen and we, sometimes we may just think that uh, ministry is just behind the pulpit or it's a certain mm-hmm. title in the church, but ministry it's in all areas of our life. It really spills in. So whether you're working in, in or whether you're in the classroom whether you're in the business world, whether you're in the cubicle, you have a voice, you have something you can say, and it doesn't have to be that spooky way. It doesn't have to be that that that, right. <laughs> that throw it on That's the right. way. I, you mentioned earlier, you just you just threw out a tweet, right? And as a tweet, people responded, right? And those people obviously are you know are likes and and, and so forth, but the people that they're drawn to, it's going to be attractive yeah. to what they share. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Powerful. No, and it's the blessing of it. And much like you said, the the way that you also know that it's God is recognizing. There was a coach who actually said, I wish I remember which one at the moment, but he would say he was like, sport is my pulpit. I was like, yes, come on. That's not mine. Like, sport is my pulpit. And we do. I used to feel so, because I'm in the quiet church and I okay. love going to church and all things, but I would feel bad when we would be out of town, all those things, and I would feel, or I would miss choir rehearsal because we have practice or a game. And I would feel bad. And that coach said, no, but that's what you all have to understand. You're still serving. Much like you just said, it's beyond the walls. You're still serving. You're still working in the vineyard. Sport is our pulpit. And I was like, that's amazing. We even had a young man. You mentioned business. His name is David Villa. He's amazing. He's down in Tampa. But he left. Well, not left, really. But he was in the automobile industry. Did quite well, right? But he did the same thing I did to sports. He infiltrated the automobile industry with faith-based selling. 
And it's just amazing. And he was on, and and, and and that's the biggest thing is what you just said. That is how Jesus led. There's nothing wrong with the church, but you have to understand the church is in you. And when people truly see that, that is when individuals truly see God. I always, in every prayer on the podcast, will help us be the light so that those that may not know you can find you. And that's what it really is all about. That's, that's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, it is definitely beyond. It's beyond. There's so many people out here that that need a you know need to hear or experience or just yeah. and again it's again not beating them over the head with religion per se but right. just being there you know this pandemic really had a lot of people shook had a lot of people off their rockers mm-hmm. right you know the experiences yeah. that we've gone through and and we've lived to tell we know that god is a healer we know that god can deliver we know that we can get through this and yeah. it's in those moments that we get a chance to share to others you know, who don't have that hope, who don't understand, you know, they, they need to figure it, have everything out, figure it out. But a person that can come and say, hey, don't worry about it. God's got this. God's got us. That's right. And as we look a year later, you know, I, I'm sure so many people were able to get through with some of so much of the things that you were sharing, uh, so much of the things that the other coaches were sharing on that podcast and, 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 and different things that you guys were doing. Definitely a blessing. And you're definitely letting God use you. So. Man, again, kudos to you. <laughs> you. I appreciate that. I really do. Wow. Wow. So, well, you know, I mean, our time is pretty much up. And, and man, I, I could talk for days about, I mean, again, basketball <laughs> and, and and Jesus and, and the word and all that stuff. I could go on and on with it because it is definitely a powerful thing that I love. It's two th- things that's true to my heart. But generally, I do something fun before I leave out, but I feel pressed upon me if you, if you don't mind, and that's up to you, but if I don't. you don't mind, can you uh, just send a, you know, give us a, a prayer, just a quick prayer for those <laughs> for those that, you know, yeah. are looking for purpose. You know, I believe that there's those out there that are kind of like you in that situation. Maybe they had something that didn't, you know, maybe was disrupted in some shape or form and just maybe needing purpose and just more of us individuals that need to be a light uh, in the marketplace. If you don't mind sharing or or, or doing a prayer for us, I would truly appreciate it. For sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's go ahead and bow your heads. If you listen on the podcast, you'll do so. All right. Heavenly Father, we we truly just want to thank you. Um, I always say that the best prayers are those that are for praise and not just petitions. So God, I just want to thank you because if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough. We thank you right now, Lord God, for Sherrod and just what he's doing in his platform, Lord God, because just like Jesus left the 99 for the one, even if this podcast has one play, Lord God, and we're going to pray for it to extend beyond for all those that need to hear, Lord God, but one play can change a life, Lord God. We're asking right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that those that are seeking for purpose, that you just shed your light in them, Lord God, because in order to find purpose, we have to find you. So I'm asking, Lord God, that you strengthen relationships to those that may want to know you greater, Lord God, but can't find that avenue. I'm asking, Lord God, that you just strengthen their beliefs for those beliefs that have been shaken from things, Lord God, that have happened in their past that have moved them from you, Lord God. We know, Lord God, that in any situation, you are a healer. You're a deliverer, Lord God, and you can come through and you can show up, Lord God. So I thank you for vessels like myself and Sherrod, Lord God, who have seen you to be those things. Help us, Lord God, to help these individuals to understand that there's still purpose in the pit. Even in the pit, Lord God, the pandemic, Lord God, even in the pandemic, Lord God, you created avenues to show us that you still reign on the throne and you have a purpose and a plan. 
Even in the pit, Lord God, of health challenges and disparities, Lord, show them that you can be a healer and revive, Lord God. But most of all, Lord God, there is a story before our success, Lord God. Help us to be willing to share those stories, Lord God. Not just the glory moments, but the stories, Lord God, because it's the stories of how we got over that brings others over, Lord God. I ask that you just continue to cover us, Lord God, even when we don't understand, even Lord God, when we feel we can't go on, cover us, Lord God. There's so much hatred, so much pain, Lord God, so much division right now in this world that you created, Lord God. Help us to simply love our neighbor, Lord God. That's what you called us to do. We don't have to bicker. We don't have to sit here. and We don't have to try to figure it out. If we just love one another as you've loved us, Lord God. It'll make everything all right. I ask that you just continue to keep us safe, Lord God. Continue to allow us to let you lead, Lord God, because when we let you lead in our lives, we can only be servant leaders, Lord God. Help us to decrease so you can increase. Help us to understand, Lord God, our purposes. But more than anything, Lord God, help us to continue to be lights so that others that may not know you can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we will always pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chelsea. That was wonderful. Uh, before we get out of here, you know, obviously people need to know about this podcast, which is fire, is dope. Whether you follow <laughs> sports or not, it's one of those things that uh, I think you should add to your podcast. But how can people connect in any shape or form or how can they stay in contact? For sure. So if you are a podcast listener anywhere and everywhere, you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart. Pandora, whatever. The Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. It will pop right up with headphones, praying hands, and sports emblems. Check it out. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea. Would love to have you. Even if you feel that you would just like to join the ranks and get on a Zoom and talk with us, chat with us, and pray with us, follow me on Twitter at the Chelsea F. C-H-E-L-S-E-A. F is in Frank. And it's always live streaming on YouTube, the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, or on Facebook, Chelsea F. Muir. We would definitely love to have you, and I promise you, you will leave better than when you came. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of here. But this was definitely a powerful, definitely a powerful conversation. Truly enjoyed it. Enjoyed this testimony. Enjoyed the work that you're doing, Chelsea. Continue to do what you're doing. And thank you so much uh, for joining our program. I definitely uh, believe it was a blessing to those who are who are listening today. So appreciate it. Definitely. No, thank you for having me. I appreciated the conversation. If there's anything that I can ever do for you, Sherrod, all you got to do is reach out, man. We'll Love do. what you're doing. We'll do. All right. Until the next time, this is Sherrod, and this is Behind the Grind. All right, fam, I know you truly enjoyed that conversation and I truly enjoyed sharing this conversation with you. It was simply fire. Listen, if you enjoyed these types of conversations or if this is your first time listening to Behind the Grind and you have not subscribed yet, I need you to do me a favor. Right now, stop what you're doing and make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Behind the Grind. Yo, we're out here on the grind and we're really trying to build something special here. And so by you subscribing and getting those notifications, it would truly help us, also help us to share the word. With that being said, I'm also going to ask you a huge favor. If you've been rocking with us for a while and you like how it's set up here and you like what we're doing, I need a huge favor for you. You know, in this podcast world, it's a little different than most world. It really is predicated upon 
the feedback that we receive from individuals like you, those who actually listen to the program. If you listen to this program on a week-to-week basis, I need you to do me a huge favor. Or if you've listened to it for a few times and you enjoyed it, please go ahead and leave us a comment, specifically on Apple Podcasts. Just go ahead and give us that five stars. If you believe it's a five star, go ahead and give us that five star. And also drop a comment, a simple great job, great do, whatever it is that you want to leave. Or if you just want to give us true feedback, leave it there on that review. You know, it will help us share the word. It will give us feedback as well on how to improve this program. But but most of all, it will help others find us here on Behind the Grind. So I hope this resonates with you and I hope you can do me that huge favor. I would truly appreciate you. It will truly help us uh, share the word to so many more people. A positive podcast here on Behind the Grind.